It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along, I'm Ian Brannan, and this week we reflect on the first round of a new competition in British Speedway, the Premiership Pairs. Joining me is the victorious team manager of that first round, Alex Brady of the Kingsland Stars, but it was a grand final that wasn't without incident. Uh, it's just one bit of a sour taste in, in my mouth to what, you know, other than that was a good meeting. Lots of reaction to come from the Premiership pairs. That first round at Peterborough, we'll hear from Josh Pickering and Max Frick, among others as well. We've got a special exclusive interview with Jason Crump this week, where he's talking all about life as a manager. Kind of go through a lot of the same emotions and, you know, you walk the track before the meeting and come back to the pits and pick your programme up instead of getting changed. We'll also hear from a man who's no stranger to team management, Peter Adams. His side defeated Sheffield for the first time this season, but even then, it wasn't enough to see them through to the Premiership League Cup final. But first, we're going to start by finding out more about what's happening at Edinburgh. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Lots to get through then, and joining me to talk through all of that and much more besides is the Kingsland Stars team manager, Alex Brady. Hi, Alex. Thanks, Ian. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And we're going to talk about everything to do with Kingsland and the Premiership pairs in a few moments' time. But I want to start with some news that I think maybe surprised quite a few people on Tuesday morning. This news that Edinburgh are looking to secure their future at a new venue after the news that Speedway will cease at Armadale Stadium at the end of 2022. The West Lothian venue has been home to the Monarchs for 26 seasons, during which time the club have enjoyed their most successful era, with a host of trophies including five league titles. And the current stadium owners are ending their tenure as landlords. They intend to sell the site this year. Joining us, I'm very pleased to say, we have the chairman of the Edinburgh Monarchs, Alex Harkis. Um, welcome to No Breaks, No Fear, Alex. Thank you. Um, start, please, by explaining the situation, because I think this has come through as a, a bit of a shock to, to many Speedway fans. I certainly had to do a d- double take when I read the news this morning. And I, I know it's 
it's it's been a possibility maybe that that things might turn out this way at some point at uh, at Edinburgh. But just explain that the background to the situation, please. Well, basically, the, the stadium is privately owned. Uh, the, the current owners are, are getting older now, and they were basically uh, came bought the stadium because at the time it was also a, a dog track, and they were dog people, and uh, that was the reason they bought it. Unfortunately, the dog racing has long gone, so they've had no other um, activity in the stadium other than Speedway. And, of course, uh, their interest in it is is waned a bit over that length of time. Uh, And now they're just looking at um, probably their old age and and their financial future. So they they want to sell the stadium. It's as simple as that. uh, we, have, we have known for for quite a, quite some time that they've been keen to sell the stadium. Uh, to be truthful, that they were keen to sell it to us, and I think they probably are still keen to sell it to us. And whilst we are looking for a new venue and we're looking for uh, all options, um, one option, of course, is still that uh, we can come up with the money to, to actually buy the stadium. But um, that's a big ask. Uh, because it's the stadium has got a fair bit of ground with it with all the car park and things like that um, but these are the options we're looking at and uh, we're hopeful we're certainly hopeful that um, Edinburgh Monarchs will not be finished this year So looking at this then how do you hope that the, the future is, is going to turn out now for, for Edinburgh one of the options there as you mentioned is that you can also almost do like a, a buyout of, of the stadium yourselves. If that doesn't happen, is there anything in the pipeline of a, an alternative venue that you could move to? There's plenty happening, but it's not, it's not, nothing is finalised. We have the full backing of the West Lothian Council, who are very, very keen for us to stay in West Lothian um, because we're recognised as probably one of their most successful sports in, in the county. Um, they've got a lot of ground uh, and own a lot of land uh, and I'm sure they're looking at, at sites which um, would be very favourable because hopefully it would be a very favourable rates to go with it. So that is happening but in, in the meantime we're, we're looking at all um, available pieces of ground to see if we could actually um, create a new stadium although one of the drawbacks, of course, is, is if you're starting from scratch, um, the eventual cost of that could be as much as buying Armandale, perhaps. But uh, we don't know that because at the moment we've, we've nothing we've nothing secured. So for people listening to this who, who want to help in some way and, and obviously secure the future of this, you know, one of the most historic clubs in Speedway, almost 100 years old since it's... Um, first incarnation one of the oldest speedway clubs in the world i would imagine uh, what, what what can people do to to help you what do you need now um well once we know once we have a plan of which we were actually going whether it's uh, um if if for instance when we went to armadale once we got the you know the the planning permission that we could run in armadale then it all fell into place very quickly because we had so many volunteers at that time. Everybody came forward, absolutely everybody came forward, uh, and it was amazing. And if we found a piece of ground, I'm sure everybody that can 
donate their trade or whatever their the expertise is, would very much appreciate it. Um, financial help is, is very important. If we've got enough financial help, then one way forward would be to purchase uh, Armadale Stadium. Uh, we, I, I'd be delighted to do that because if we actually owned it, I'm sure we could do an awful lot in that stadium to make it a much nicer venue as well. But of course, over the last, well, more than just a few years, we're, we've always had an uncertain future, so therefore never much money has been uh, spent on the stadium to, to improve it, uh, to take it to a higher standard, because you almost felt it was not money well spent, because if we were going to be out at any time. So uh, the, the president knows have, have tried to, to convert it to housing, and trying to get building companies interested in buying, and probably still are trying to get that. But um, there seems to be uh, quite a, a few obstacles in the way of building companies uh, and making it not very financially secure. So whilst, whilst we're trying to secure our future, the actual future of Armadale Stadium is very uncertain as well. Is it a possibility that your stay at Armadale could temporarily at least be extended beyond this season? Because if the stadium itself hasn't been sold, it's sort of beginning to look like, obviously not the same as, but similar to the situation with Coventry where you've got a stadium stood there that ends up doing nothing. I mean, you wouldn't want that, would you? Because if it's a viable stadium that you could stay at a little bit longer until things are fully sorted out one way or the other and give you give yourselves more time to, to get another location perhaps. Everything like that is possible. Everything like that is possible. If if we came to towards the end of the season, if it's um, uh, well, what, what is the end of the season? Whether it's August, September, October, um, and yeah. nothing's happening at the stadium, it's available next year. Then we can get another year at a time. But it's very difficult to keep planning your future. You know, the, we can't start uh, talking to riders. Um, for next season if we don't know where we are or what we're doing uh, and then for somebody to say to you in December oh you can go next year that's not ideal for us either because the riders need to know what they're doing we need to plan long before that so anything is possible but it's not a case of everything being left to the very last minute hence the reason we're, we're making attempts now to try and clarify our future um, in the longer term all the very best of luck with it. I'm sure there's there's a long way to go yet, but it does sound fairly positive that whilst you know the worst case scenario, the Armadale years might be behind you, that there is still a future for the Edinburgh Monarchs. Uh, there is no, there is not not an idea in anybody's head up here that Edinburgh Monarchs are finished. Not not for one second. Um, we are positive, and. Uh, Whatever the outcome is, the main aim is that Edinburgh, Edinburgh Monarchs survive and we take our place in the Championship next season, uh, as we have done since the Championship was formed. Well, uh, one of the great names. And, of course, even for Scotland as well, you know, the, these derbies that, that you have even even very recently, you know, they're, they're such major fixtures and, you know, key parts of, of, of British Speedway as a whole that, that people look forward to, those battles too. Well, Edinburgh Glasgow, I think, is the, fe- the fiercest uh, um, local derby in, in British Speedway under, 
uh, without any doubt at all. And um, for sure, they, they are our biggest crowds of the season. They create the most atmosphere and there have been some tremendous matches over the years. Uh, and I'm sure they, w- they would be missed if, if they ever missed. Uh, if, if they don't happen, I mean, I'm sure they would be missed, but uh, hopefully that's not the case. OK, well, if anybody can get in touch and, and help out, then please do contact the, the Edinburgh Monarchs. They'd, they'd love to hear from anyone who can help in their quest Absolutely. to keep going. And uh, 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 Several, several uh, promoters from other clubs, even as far away as Len Silver, has, has made contact today. And um, I'm sure if we, if we ask for help from from anybody that, that know us, then I'm sure we'll get all the support we require. But it's nice it's nice of clubs to get in touch as well and wish us well. Yeah, well, everybody wishes you well. And I've seen lots of nice comments on social media from all over the, the Speedway world. And um, everybody wants to, to see the Monarchs continue and and hopefully that uh, that is very much uh, uh, a given and it's just a case of where that's going to be. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Alex Harkis, the chairman of the Edinburgh Monarchs. Joining me in this episode is the team manager at Kings Lynn Speedway, Alex Brady. Now, Alex, it's a concerning situation, but sounds like there is hope at Edinburgh at the moment. And they're not the first and they won't be the last club to have someone who, who owns the stadium wanting to do different things with it. We see it all the time. We see that threat still looming over a number of clubs in British Speedway, even um, particularly, say, for example, Peterborough. You know, there's question marks still around Swindon, where whilst the development work continues there, there's still that question as whether Speedway will be permitted back in or not. And obviously we hope that is the case. But these question marks continue and sometimes it doesn't matter what the club do, the, the, the fate sometimes is in somebody else's hands. That's right. I mean, obviously we're very blessed at Kings Lynn to have, uh, to have Buster um, and... Uh, you know, for, for for all his faults, um, he's he's a fantastic bloke with Speedway um, at the heart of what everything he does. So we're incredibly lucky there uh, to have him. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it is a worry because so many of these clubs don't own their own stadiums, as you mentioned, aren't necessarily in control of their own destiny. And you know, it'd be a massive, massive shame to lose Edinburgh if, if that was the case. But I know that you know from they're working hard behind the scenes to to try and try and find a new home and to try and you know and I, I really hope it's a bit of a platform for them to actually come out of this other side a bit stronger um you know and have a and secured a long-term future for them but yeah it's um it is a worry and obviously with my taking my speedway hat off and my, my day-to-day job hat on um you know development is is something that's, that's rife um all around the country and you know supply and demand at the moment in, in the housing sector is 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 crazy so you know any any sort of spots of land is is worth big big money to these people that own them so i can see why i can see why stadium owners are, are looking to go down that road but i think sport england and and those kind of people need to do something about it because uh you know we can't keep going keep keep building houses and, and have no nothing for these people to do and no for these people to go well, the future of Armadale very much in doubt, but never say never just yet, as Alex Sarkis was uh, suggesting, there may be a, a twist in the tale to come. Um, let's see the thoughts, though, of long-serving Edinburgh captain Sam Masters, who's been reflecting on the news with Jamie Griffiths. It's sad, really, because I've spent a lot of my uh, glory days, really, racing in Edinburgh at Armadale, and uh, it'll be sad to see it go, so... Um I've had some good times there and I've made the most of it, that's for sure. So uh, I can't be too disappointed in that, but let's 
hope they find a new venue and uh, I'll support it as far as I can. Yeah, is it like uh, Armadale is a venue that must hold special memories for you. But, um, just talk us through one of, one of them. Well, I had a year off racing in British Speedway in 2013 and I come back in 2014 and Edinburgh well, took the risk, I suppose, or believed in me and, and uh, I, I came and raced for Edinburgh in 20, 2014 and we won the league, won the Knockout Cup and... Uh, won the premier uh, the, the premier whatever the cup whatever that was so um yeah i had a i've had some awesome times there and, and and as well in 2015 we backed it up and won the league again so um 2014 was definitely one to remember and i'll, I'll never forget that i know uh, the statement released by the club does seem quite upbeat considering the circumstances do you uh, back the current set of owners to to find a new venue to be honest i think they, they've kind of known that this is coming for for a little while now and uh i've actually gone to see a few venues over the years with with the clubs and uh nothing's ever really been concrete so um i hopefully that they can find somewhere and we can race again in, in 2023 as long serving edinburgh captain sam masters reflecting on that news that's come out this week that armadale's days may be numbered as a speedway venue but uh, not the days of the edinburgh monarchs but indeed if you can help out the uh, edinburgh monarchs in their quest to either save armadale or find uh, an alternative venue then they would very much love to hear from you and we'll keep you up to date with that story as it unfolds you're listening to no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast i'm ian brannan and joining me this week is the team manager of the kingsland stars alex brady um alex tell us about life then as a team boss because you were brought into the club um as team manager midway through last season of course last year wasn't the greatest season for the kingsland stars but whilst you may have been a new name to the world of um, of team management in Speedway. You're certainly showing that you're, you're finding your way through it because this season has been a, a decent start. You find yourself in a cup final, winning the first round of the Premiership pairs on Monday, beat Bellevue last week at home. It's uh, it, it's looking up, but um, how's life in the manager's hot seat? Yeah, I mean, last year had uh, lots of different challenges. Um, I think it's clear to see from to everybody from the outside that we were dealing with, with lots of bits and pieces. Um, but overall, it's been um, it's been a really good experience. I learned a lot throughout the course of the twenty twenty one season, which has then put us in good stead moving forward for this year. Um, and I think we're starting to see the green shoots now of what we try to put into place with you know team spirit and etc. With uh, with with the results we've had so far this year. But yeah, I've uh, I've loved every minute to be honest. There's been uh, it's been a few few uh, low moments, um, but overall, it's been on the whole, it's been a yeah really good really good fun and pretty successful so far. Yeah, I mean, it's going well this season so far. What's the thing that you've you've probably learnt the most that you didn't realise about life as a team manager? It's hard <laughs> to implement your ideas a lot of the time because you, you spend so little time actually physically with these riders. Um, mm. I mean, I'm lucky that I've got a group at Kings Inn that we, we all try to meet for, for a bite to eat prior to a meeting, sort of around three o'clock on a, on a race day, particularly at home. Um, but yeah, that's probably the hardest thing because lots of your work is done via whatsapp or video call or whatever it might be um so that's that's the hardest thing i would say just you know and then one moment they're riding for you in in, in the premiership um and against another rider um from your position in that you know the night later they're on the same team as that rider in the championship league so it's hard to kind of you know create a bit of a uh, togetherness in that respect as well because you know each, each rider obviously has their has their own has their own schedule but yeah it's um it's it's challenging but but nothing we can't overcome.
there does seem to be a good team spirit among Kings Lynn, certainly from you know my view on the outside. I suppose they do. The, the riders do seem to be together and, and seem to get on. And and when we've had riders on here chatting about how things are going so far this season, there does seem to be that togetherness. So you've achieved it. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. I mean, we when I when I built the team over the winter with with the help of Dale. Um, I I had one brief and I spoke to, it's been well documented, I spoke to lots of riders throughout the winter um, and I wanted to go for a bit of a different approach where, you know, I could have signed what are on, on paper probably slightly better riders than, than what we'd signed in, you know, and what, if you looked at just the statistics of it, um, but I had lots of conversations with lots of different people and I was more interested in trying to build um, a group of people that I felt then could gel together and work together and, and work for the same common goal, which obviously you would expect you know from the other side of the fence but it's not quite as simple as that sometimes and obviously you have to make sure the blend is correct of the the characters you bring in and does this rider get on with that rider and is this rider going to be able to team ride with this rider and all those different bits and pieces you put into the pot and yeah I suppose I was I suppose I was a bit lucky in the end with with Neil's coming in and staying um that's that's been that's been a massive positive for us but the other six was all by design and uh yeah I think I think so far so good uh, in that respect and it's a long way to go until October, uh, where we hope to be still racing. But yeah, so far so good. See, so you talked about the um, level of thought that went into putting your team together. Tell us how you felt when you got that call to say your main man, Peter Kildermond, wouldn't be able to take his place in the team because of injury, because that must have been a bit of a hammer blow to those plans. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really tough. So I got the call from Peter um, to say that he had injured his shoulder in a practice um, over in Poland and uh, yeah to be honest with you for, for about uh, half an hour an hour I just didn't want to speak to anybody my, sort of my whole whole winter of planning sort of come crashing down a little bit but you do what you do you take stock of the situation you think right what can we do to, to, to get through this um, we've still got six very good riders here we just need one more um, and obviously at that top end the, the quality has been in short supply a little bit over the last couple of years in, in, um, in England um, but we were really grateful to, to Niels for stepping in, um, grateful for the PZM for their cooperation to do that, um, and then for their continued cooperation for him to be allowed to stay. So, yeah, you know, whilst I'm really gutted Peter couldn't come over because I was really excited to see him race, um, particularly at Kings Lynn as well, uh, I don't think we could have got much better replacement really, and uh, particularly someone so synonymous with the, the modern day era of Kings Lynn stars. Yeah, absolutely, because he's already a, a club legend, and I think many many people will be looking at. Ordinarily, you'd be looking at other previous riders. Of course, Robert Lambert would be the the, the golden one. But of course, as you mentioned, these restrictions that are in place at the moment put a stop to that, don't they? So it was great that you managed to get an agreement with with the Polish authorities to to allow Niels to be able to continue to ride. Yeah, Dale put in a lot of hard work um, from a King's Inn perspective. I know um, you know Alex uh, up at Edinburgh as well did did a good job for us as well in the IBSL. So yeah, it's um, it's it's good to try and build these rebuild these relationships with the PZM and uh, and you know the other authorities in the other countries because I think as as time goes on we will need each other a lot more. Um, I know Poland have tried to go out on their own a little bit last couple of years, but I think they've realised actually. Speedway needs us all to work together as a as an overall package, um, so I think they're sort of viewing Neil's almost as a to be honest as a as a bit of a guinea pig trial to see look can this work again in a you know post COVID world or you know post COVID restriction world should we say, um, and then hopefully it will be well it'll open the floodgates a bit more for for next season for for some more riders to come back because ultimately we're we're keen to try and improve the product where we can and 
you know, that can only help by bringing, you know, as you mentioned, people like Robert Lambert or, you know, your Ty Wolfenins of the world or whoever it might be, Dan Bewley, all those types of riders back to the UK would be, would be excellent. So, yeah, hopefully this, um, this project can work well and Neil's, Neil's enjoys himself, which he's enjoyed himself so far and, and, and manages the schedule and hopefully, as I say, opens some doors for the future. Kingsland team manager Alex Brady is our guest throughout this episode of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. And it was his team who were victorious in the opening round of the new Premiership Pairs competition after a dramatic finish to Monday's meeting at Peterborough. We'll talk all about that. We'll get reaction from some of those involved, including Kingsland's own uh, Josh Pickering. We'll hear from Max Frick, Simon Stead and Rob Lyon. And much more to come besides as well here on No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. Still to come, we're going to hear from Jason Crump, an exclusive interview on this podcast from Jason Crump, talking about life as a team manager and how that compares with being a rider. Which life does he prefer and how are they so different? Discover more in just a while. Right now, let's talk about the Premiership Pairs competition, which uh, happened on Monday. If you were not present at the East of England Arena, perhaps you are watching on the British Speedway Network because the whole series has been live streamed by British Speedway Network. And it was the Kingsland Stars who won the opening round of the Premiership Pairs after a dramatic finish to Monday's meeting. We'll talk all about that, all the ins and outs, and some interviews coming up with those involved including Max Frick, Josh Pickering, Simon Stead and Rob Lyon, uh, all to come. But um, first of all, Alex Brady, team manager at Kingsland Stars, uh, you won the first round, but just a, a general overview from you about the competition, how you found it and, uh, and, and really what it brings to British Speedway because top riders all on show, uh, it, it's a great occasion. Some of the uh, heats were of Grand Prix quality. It's, um, it's been a great addition to the calendar. Yeah, it's a really good event, um, and I, I like the idea of bringing more meetings in. I like the idea of um, it being a bit more tactical in the sense of, right, you know, you know you're off two and four as a team, but which rider goes off two, which rider goes off four? It's almost like a heat 15 every every race, really, which was which is a good concept. And I think last night, um, because of the weather, you'll see that most teams use their, their rising star quite late into the meeting because worried about could we get to the, you know, the full 17 heats in. So I'm interested to see how that... Um, how that pans out over the, the coming rounds you know, when people use their rising stars etc but it was, a, it was a great concept um, fantastic riders on the show and uh, yeah obviously you're delighted to, to, to have a Kingsland win really because uh, 
I think um, from outside quarters, I don't think many people gave a huge chance. Um, but we know what we're capable of, and we're confident wherever we go. You know, if it's a pairs um, as a team, we we know what we're capable of. So we turned up there hoping to win um, and and planning to win as as, as obviously as we ended up. But um, yeah, I don't think many people outside of Norfolk gave us much of a chance. I think um, some bookies I read somewhere were offering eighteen to one for Kingsland to win the meeting last night. I heard so. That. If- yeah. If, you, if you had a flutter, you might maybe somebody did pretty well out of that. But um, a, couple, a couple of my friends, uh, a couple of my friends are keen, yeah, like like a go, and uh, a couple yeah. of them texted me to say uh, well done. So I'm sure they <laughs> had uh, got a quid on that. So fair play to them. Good stuff. Well, that's all right when it works out that way. Um, talking about the, um, the the tactics involved, obviously you you look at it on the face of it, you've only got what two slash three riders to manage. But you were a busy man. I think all the team managers were. Picking gates, we saw, I think more often than not, um, Josh Pickering seemed to be going off the outer gates. He was having a lot of success out there. And that seemed to be where the line was for a good proportion of the meeting as well. Yeah, generally speaking, um, of the two we had, um, Niels, uh, sorry, Niels, Josh is, uh, is an outside uh, rider a lot of the time. Um, he can do it both sides, no, no, no problem. But he generally tends to find his success more coming from, from the dirt. Um, and Rich is 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 one of the best gaiters in in um, in well in British speedo in my opinion. So him coming off the inside, just getting to that curb as quick as he could, it seemed to work quite well for us. Um, so hence why we we stuck in with that. And you know, as with as with any pairs competition, obviously the mantra is is no last places. And you know, aside from Jack, we only ran one. Um, so I was pleased with of what we did, and that was that was the tactic from the start. But. To be honest, I, I offered the gate positions out to them more so than me picking them um, because they felt they knew what was working, what was uh, how they were riding and, and what they could do. Um, and you, I, I like to offer the responsibility out to the riders where, where I can because, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're there to win. They know what it takes to win. Um, I'm there to guide them. And in the final, they were sort of uh, not having a squabble, but, you know, interested to know which one could take which gate. So I picked it for them. But... Beside that, they were, generally speaking, they worked really well together. Well, it was Kings Lynn who, of course, won the opening round of the Premiership pairs after a dramatic finish to the meeting on Monday with Josh Pickering and Richard Lawson defeating the Sheffield duo Jack Holder and Adam Ellis with the British champion crashing heavily at the start of the last lap. We'll talk more about that in a sec. But first of all, let's hear from Josh Pickering, who had a terrific night on the bike. And uh, he's speaking with Hayley Bromley from the British Speedway Network. It's the result we come here for. Um, we've probably been looked over as the undercard type thing, but I prefer that it's the spotlights off us and we can just focus on doing what we have to do but uh, throughout the night you know all my heats I was glad to score and no last places and I think we only got one through the night which is which is great and, and that's that's the t- uh, trick in this form you you got to make sure there's no last places and you got to pack them uh, second and thirds up if you can't win the race but again it was a it was a good run meeting track prep was it was perfect you know like last week and they'll hear on on telly with Bellevue it was a little bit choppy and I feel, feel today was uh better for racing and, and that's what we're here for absolutely you had to get to the uh, finals the hard way though the Bellevue boys as you say they were fantastic against the Peterborough Panthers when you were commentating there uh, yeah. but that was an interesting experience but uh, obviously Max Frick fell off kind of did you a little bit of a favor but do you think you could have got there regardless of whether or not Max came off yeah absolutely we're already there so it's a shame for Max but it would have been the same result Absolutely. On to round two. Now you guys are the ones with the targets on your back. Do you like being the men being chased or do you like to do the chasing? Oh, either or either. Like, like I said, when we come into here, we probably were overlooked. But now when we come into it, they'll be uh, knowing we're here. You know, They'll be looking and, and they'll be knowing that every race they come into with us, it's not going to be an easy one. So 
something to look forward to when, you know, Richard, he was a late call-up when Niels was meant to be in the team and he was unreal. So I'm, I'm happy, I'm stoked. I'm, it's great for the club. You know, last year they had a lot of uh, misfortune and a lot of chopping and changing and, and didn't didn't really win anything. So I know it's only early doors and there's six rounds of this. However, it's, it's a good starting point and I'm glad to be uh, winning something for them. So there's Josh Pickering of the Kingsland Stars and he scored 15 points in the Premiership pairs as Kingsland took the victory on the night. We'll talk more about that grand final in uh, a little moment. But just a, a word about Josh Pickering. We've talked about how exciting he is. But tell us about this side competition the Aussies have all got going this season. I'm not sure if it's something that goes on every season, but the Australians, uh, when they're out racing against each other, there's this side competition for, for top Aussie almost, isn't there? And having this little battle between themselves. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and Josh is, uh, I, I speak to Josh a lot <laughs> about that. And uh, he's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some brilliant, brilliant riders within it. And it's, it's, it's great to see obviously two, you know, the two Aussie GP boys back in the UK for starters, uh, Jason and, and Max Frick. But um, Josh, he's got aspirations to, to get to that level and, 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 you know, not in a too distant future as well. So he's, he's keen to win that mini league this year to try and, you know, work his way into some spots for GP qualifiers, etc. In, in the future. And, it's yeah again there's some, there's some fantastic quality i mean ryan douglas is absolutely flying this year and he's, he's one of those riders that goes under the radar a little bit perhaps sometimes given he's in the same team as sam so yeah it's going to be um it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top and obviously jack at sheffield jack Holder at sheffield he's you know, again so you've got all three of the three of the gp riders australian gp riders in this country it's, it's, it's great to see it's great for british speedway but yeah josh is uh, josh has assured me he's going to win that mini league so we'll see how it pans out yeah, always exciting to watch. And um, back to the Premiership pairs. Then uh, Kingslyn had to face the Bellevue Aces in the semi-final in order to qualify to meet Sheffield in the grand final because they won things after the the fifteen heats. But that semi-final, there was um, there was a few twists in it. Um, certainly one big twist involving Max Frick, who came unstuck, having been faultless all night, and just shows in speedway you just never know. Definitely, and uh, to be honest, that semi-final reminded me a lot of the uh, Speedway Nations final from yes. last season, actually. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was, we just, we knew what we had to do, sort of, you know, get in for second and third, um, and that would be enough. And, you know, I felt a bit, felt a bit for Max cause he, he, he went for a big move and it just, the material underneath him was just a bit soft and he, and he lost it, but credit to him, he got up off the track and, 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 and came through and as he came off the track, he shook my hand and said, well done. And yeah, so big respect to him for that. So getting through to the final was, was, was crucial. Um, we were slightly surprised in the semi-final, to be honest, to be going off off, um, off gates one and three because Ford had been working really well earlier in the night. But as the night had gone on, we felt that one and three was the better two gates. So we, we were surprised to go off those, pleasantly surprised in the semi-final. Um, and obviously that posed a slightly different challenge in the final going off two and four. So, yeah, we um, we we went over game plan and, yeah, obviously it worked. It was a good night for the Bellevue Aces and, and barring that tumble, it obviously might have been a, a different story. Max Frick certainly had a perfect night up until that little spill, but he's up and he's fine and he's been speaking to Hayley Bromley. Yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, I got out of it okay, actually. So uh, it was, it's good to get, the, get a podium place for the boys tonight. It's a great way to start the championship and put us in a good position to hopefully you know, have some good results uh, over the next few rounds and hopefully we can be up the pointy and come the end of the championship. Absolutely. Eight points uh, on the overall standings, though. So we're in bronze medal position at the moment on the way to Ipswich for round number two. We finished our qualification places with 24 points here at Peterborough. So that was pretty good going from yourself and Brady Kurtz. 
yeah, we did well over the course of the night. And obviously, it's tricky, uh, you know, when to when to put out Tom and and uh, different races. But um, you know, overall, I think it's a solid night for us and a great start. So we can you know build on that and improve hopefully over the next few rounds. And uh, Tom Brennan obviously got an opportunity to have a race here as well. He does like the Peterborough track, but it has been challenging for him tonight. Yeah, it's always tricky coming in throughout the meeting, um, you know, missing the first couple of heats and then having a go. It's, uh, you know, always a bit of a shot in the dark and, you know, you're guessing a little bit with setups. So um, he did really well to go out there and, and have a good crack, but uh, it is tricky in those, those uh, heats towards the end of the meeting or middle of the meeting. It's a bit of a different competition as well, the scoring system. You guys had to get used to that a little bit over the course of the night, but have you enjoyed yourself here? Yeah, it's been a fun event and, and it's great to come down here and, and uh, I think the racing was pretty good tonight and it was pushed through pretty quick with the weather, so, uh, you know, it all ran smooth. Uh, just before I let you go, a quick word on the upcoming Grand Prix at the weekend. We keep going about, on about your performance at Warsaw. Can we see more of that from Max Frick in the next one? I'd like to think so. Obviously, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different Grand Prix, a new track and a, and a fresh start, so I just need to go out there and, and put my head down and, and uh, you know, try and pick up as the best result I can on the night. There's Max Frick reflecting on picking up third place for the Bellevue Aces in the first round of the Premiership pairs. Of course, there's a round at every track and it will be Bellevue have the home advantage in the very final one and that could well be key. Who knows yet, but uh, September National Speedway Stadium will be the host venue for the final round. We'll keep you up to date, of course, here on the British Speedway podcast. Now, it all boiled down to the Sheffield Tigers versus the Kingsland Stars in the grand final. And that final heat certainly wasn't without incident. There was a bit of a tangle involving Richard Lawson and Adam Ellis, resulting in Adam Ellis finding his way into the fence. And it was Adam Ellis who was adjudged to be the primary cause of the incident. Um... Alex Brady, uh, what are your views on it? Because I know at the time you wouldn't have seen many replays. Have you managed to see it back yet? And what do you think? I mean, at the time, um, without trying to do a sort of an Arsene Wenger on it, oh, I, did, I didn't really see the incident at, um, at the at, at, uh, present moment because I was watching Josh because I knew that you know Richard was in second and if Josh had come through from fourth to third, then we would obviously win. Um, so I caught the very ending of it where I saw Adam looked to me like Adam had changed line ever so slightly um, to try and get back around Rich because Rich had obviously gone on the inside and he went in at high speed so yeah you know, first and foremost best wishes to Adam um, he seemed okay in the pits after if, if he wasn't a little frustrated but you know physically he seemed okay so I'm glad that was the case because it was one of those where you know the place went silent for a couple of seconds you never quite know at that speed what 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 the outcome's going to be and was, I was relieved to see him get to his feet but um, just before we came on air to, to you now, Ian, I, I did just see um, a short clip of it and I think it's really 106 or one half dozen the other because Rich is in front, the name of the game in the, in the, um, in the pairs is obviously second and third. Slow the race up for your partner if you're in second and he's in fourth, which is what all Rich, I believe Rich was trying to do. He's, he's really not a dirty rider at all. Um, there's been times um, this you know over the last year that I've worked with him where I felt that she's been a bit too fair to, to other riders, perhaps. So, um, yeah, it's it's difficult. And it? like I've said elsewhere, if I was in you know Adam's shoes or Steady's shoes, I'd probably be feel aggrieved. Um, but Rick, for me, Rich was in front, and he has a right to choose his line, I suppose. So, yeah, it's I don't think you're never going to get everybody agree on that decision, whatever way it went. Um, but um, but yeah, obviously we'll 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 take the positives and, and take the win, and I'm sure Sheffield come back fighting Ipswich when we go there in a, in a couple of weeks' time. The thoughts of Kings Lynn boss Alex Brady. What about the thoughts of his opposite number Simon Stead, team boss at the Sheffield Tigers, about that incident and round one of the Premiership pairs? He's been speaking to Dave Rowe. Uh, 
just a little bit disappointed it kind of got to that. I think Richard was a little bit naughty in that race, but um, I think second place on the night is, although I'm disappointed, it's still a reasonable result for us um, with, with you know plenty more races left in the series. So um, I think we showed our our form through the through the night. We, we rode well, we rode consistently, we, we, we raced well as a team. Um, and look, if that's a sign of things to come, then uh, then I don't think we'll have too much of a problem. The important thing is that Adam Oates is OK, because that was one big crash into the fence there. Well, that's the, that's the thing, when you're riding so quickly around here, um, and something like that happens in front of you, you don't, don't get any time to react, and you're going too quick to, to do anything about it. So, um, yeah, like you said, the, the most important thing is, is, is he's up, um, and, and going to be fit for for our next meeting. So it, obviously we saw Richard Lawson looking for his partner, which obviously is what pairs racing is about, but you felt that the move was a bit too much or that it forced Adam to move so violently towards the right and, and then obviously lose control? Oh, I think through the race, you know, naturally Richard was, was looking for his partner, but as he was doing that, he was getting slower and slower and slower. And then coming into the first and the second corner, he, he slowed up too much and, and dropped himself down on the inside, which gave Adam absolutely no option at all. He was committed to racing on the inside and, uh, you know, things like that happened. But I think, you know, Richard's an experienced racer and probably knows better than that. And uh, it's just put a bit of a sour taste in, in my mouth to what, you know, other than that was a good meeting. Okay. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you. Sheffield team manager Simon Stead there. Uh, joining us in this episode is the Kings Lynn team manager, Alex Brady. And perhaps now the uh, next meeting with Sheffield is going to have a bit of extra spice about it. Of course, the two of you are going to be facing each other in that Premiership League Cup competition final as well. Not least as well, the Premiership pairs again at uh, Ipswich in June. And a bit of extra spice maybe between the two sides this year. Indeed, yeah. I mean, um, Sheffield have, have got a, a really good side and Steady's a fantastic manager and a great guy as well. So looking forward to, to locking horns with those in the final. And you're right, last night I think it's going to add a bit of extra spice to it as well. So um, all I would say is you, to, to anyone listening, get, get down to the tracks for those two meetings because it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be hard and uh, it's going to be interesting and as well. There can only be one winner, so it should be good fun. Um, but yeah, they... They look a good side this year, they really do, um, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be up there. And if we can, um, if we race them a few more times this season, it means we're doing something right. Absolutely. Well, the next round of the Premiership pairs is going to be in mid-June, June the 16th at uh, Ipswich is the next round when the scores will continue. Of course, the scores are going to um, accumulate over the course of the um, the six rounds, the final round being at Bellevue in September. Um, but um, Kingsland starts kicking off with 12 points on the board there, Alex. It's a good start and that gives you a, a fair lead over uh, Sheffield, who came away with um, with eight points. Yeah, it's, it's, I like the scoring system. Um, it rewards success. Um, so if you, if you win the bulk of the rounds, then you, you should, in theory, go on to, to win, the, win the competition, which, which is obviously the, the aim, of course it is. Um, and yeah, I, f- I think it's a really good system. And like I said earlier on, extra meetings is, for the fans is good. Obviously, the threat of the rain last night didn't help the attendance, but from what I gather, the stream was fairly well supported. Um, and hopefully people can come out and see now, actually, look, this is producing some, some you know, good riders, good racing come along to Ipswich, come along to Kings Lynn and, 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 and the three other rounds as well up um, in the sort of the northern section. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to see how this one pans out and hopefully by the, when it comes around to September at Bellevue, we'll be, we'll be right in the mix still. 
Just a quick word about Peterborough, finally, because they were the team that held home track advantage. And it was a funny old evening, really, because... If, if they weren't winning, they were losing in, in terms of with the pairings out there. Of course, this is a competition that rewards team riding and coming over the line you know, together or one after the other, but not coming over last. And Michael Palmtoft and Chris Harris both won heats uh, in their own right through the course of the meeting or came second, but they just couldn't manage to come over the line together. Yeah, I was, I was surprised, um, to be honest. I thought they were going to be a, a strong force. I know Peterborough haven't had the season they were hoping for so far this year, but... Um, with that lineup last night, whilst I was confident, I think it was almost impossible to pick a pick a winner really, because as you rightly mentioned earlier on, it's sort of Grand Prix standards in lots of those heats, and you know heat fifteen equivalents of every race. So someone's got to win, someone's got to come last, and you know there could be it could be complete opposite way around when we go to Ipswich um, in June. But I think that yeah, I, w- I was slightly surprised at the way Peterborough did because they didn't quite do it together, um, as you mentioned, Tofty. A fantastic ride against Ipswich, um, coming up the inside of Jason Door. It was probably the ride of the night, really. Um, and then, and then Bomb made some good, had some good races as well. But these didn't quite click together, which was was a King's Lynn problem for the team last season, actually. So, uh, yeah, I know how Rob probably felt last night. Well, let's hear the thoughts of Rob Lyon now, speaking to Hayley Bromley on the British Speedway Network. It's pretty much how our season started, really. Well, not completely from day one, but recently, and we've not been consistent as a team. And tonight we were exactly the same. You know, Bomber was winning a race, Tofty was last and vice versa. So um, in this type of competition, you need to be filling those seconds and thirds if you can't if you can't get your, your maximum heat, heat wins. So, um, yeah, unfortunate and frustrating to finish last on your home track is, is not good, but five more rounds yet, so a long way to go. Long way to go, Need, and likewise uh, with the season, obviously. Still plenty of time for the Peter boys to bounce back onto Ipswich for round two next. Are you going to be sticking with the same boys? Don't know yet. We'll, have, we'll look at it. Um, new averages come out um, by then, so we'll have a look and see what's, what's who's doing what and um, make a decision a bit nearer the time. Absolutely. I mean, to be fair on the boys, we've had some great racing here at Peterborough tonight. This track always produces some exciting stuff, like a nice bit of a controversy in heat number 17 there. But uh, do you think the Peterborough boys, can we get back into the mix? Oh, sure, for sure, yeah. It's, it's early days yet. And uh, like I say, five more rounds to go. You know, we've got lads that go well around Ipswich, all those tracks. So um, I'm sure we'll be fine. So round one down, and it's the Kingsland Stars who have the lead in the tournament so far, claiming 12 points. Sheffield Tigers claiming eight points on the evening and uh, for finishing second. Six points go to the Bellevue Aces. Four points go to the Ipswich Witches and uh, no points, Nilpois to uh, the Peterborough Panthers but as Rob Lyon correctly mentions there there's plenty of time to go yet and um, the next round will be at Foxhall Ipswich hosting the next round of the Premiership pairs in mid-June June the 16th will be the date which is a Thursday and then after that it moves on to um, Kings Lynn in July on the 7th, the 18th of July at Monmore Green for Wolverhampton's round. Sheffield hosts it on the 18th of August and uh, in September it all ends up at the National Speedway Stadium when Bellevue hosts their round on September 22nd. So that's how the Premiership pairs looks. Just looking at the uh, Premiership itself back to last week because we had a couple of fixtures, well one fixture in particular in the Premiership and that was Kingsland Stars versus the Bellevue Aces and it was a, a pretty good win actually uh, Alex Brady for Kings Lynn overhauling Bellevue 50-40 on the night. Yeah it's really pleasing um, I mean I know there were obviously a couple of riders like from their 1-7 with um, with no uh, Jai Fridge and no uh, 
Matty Zagar, but I know Tofty came in and did a, did a fantastic job. I mean, Michael Palm Tofty is a, is a number one around Kings Lynn. Uh, he got double figures, so he, he did very, very well. Um, but yeah, from our perspective, it was a solid night. Um, I mean, Niels didn't have his best night. Louis didn't have his best night. Richie didn't, but the others, the others all stepped up and, and took on um, responsibility. I was too honest. I was most pleased with with Jack Thomas. Um, got six points down at reserve. Fantastic winning heat too. Um, and uh, you know he, he he's 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 been fantastic for us so far this season. He's he's going under the radar a little bit too. Um, but to beat beat Bellevue fifty forty to beat him by anything is is good. But to send him home with no points was uh, was the plan. And yeah, delighted to delighted to, to achieve that. And you know, take four points in that week was was a good week. It's still obviously very early days in the. Premiership campaign, although it is a relatively short season as well, with the six clubs in in the league. As you look at it so far, I mean Bellevue are clearly at the top, but they've ridden more than anybody else. But the the rest of the sides are, you know, there's only a couple of points in it so far, and we saw that last night in the Premiership pairs. It was all very tight between all of the sides, very very evenly matched, and it's um, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out through the course of this year. Definitely, yeah. It's it's um, it's a very competitive league this year, and whilst Bellevue, as you say, have, have started strongly, they've had more matches than most. Um, Sheffield, for me, still look a very very good side as well. That top five is that top five is absolutely excellent. Um, but it could be it could be any one of the six this year. Whereas obviously last year there was there was two cut adrift um, ourselves and Ipswich from a fairly early stage. Um, I don't think that'll happen this year. I think it's going to go. It could go right to the wire. Who who gets into the playoffs and who in that, in that finishing order within that two? Um, and as long as we're in that top four, then then that's um, target one achieved, and then anything anything's possible from there on in. Meanwhile, there was another fixture taking place in the Premiership League Cup, and that was that final one between Sheffield and Wolves. And it's a bit of a twist in the tale because it was Wolves who claimed the victory on the night at Ollerton, overhauling Sheffield for the first time in, in five meetings. And uh, it went down to the last heat, 46-44, the final result. But overall... It left the two sides level on nine points at the top of the Northern group. And so they had to take race points difference into account. And that result meant the Tigers were left on plus 18, Wolves on plus 16, as uh, the South Yorkshire side went through by the narrowest of margins. Every point counting there on the track. And uh, quite, a, quite a twist to the tail, but Sheffield going through to the final to face Kings Lynn. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't see that coming. Um, you know, Sheffield have been very dominant in that, in that group so far. Um, and, and, and rode fantastically well um, and I was expecting a, a, if I'm honest a fairly routine um, home win but fair play to Wolverhampton I mean they, they've packed that top five again it's packed full of great riders and at reserve I know they've got some spoilers it didn't quite work for them on that night but friends of mine that were at the meeting said that's probably the best zero you'll ever see from, a, from Drew Kemp um, he, he, he rode his socks off so yeah, I, I was I was I was really surprised because obviously we were racing I had my phone off and, I, um, and then people were telling me throughout the night how it was going and try to ignore it because we're focusing on the job in hand at, at home to Bellevue but yeah I was I was shocked and uh, yeah as I say credit credit to Wolverhampton they, they're obviously um, a fantastic side and to beat Sheffield I don't think many teams will do that this year at Sheffield um, so yeah it was fascinating to, to, to go down to the wire and obviously that's what that's what we do it for and that's the other element isn't it because Sheffield at that point were five matches unbeaten um, unbeaten quite a while um, on, on home shale and so whilst Sheffield are the ones who progress through to the final you know that, that win that victory for, for Wolverhampton and the significance of it certainly isn't lost on, on the likes of Peter Adams 
definitely not. Peter Adams is a he's a, he's a shrewd character. He knows what he's doing. But um, yeah, they they obviously had a tough meeting against Ipswich at home where they lost. Um, which again, I don't think many people would have called. Um, they beat us fairly convincingly. We we weren't at full strength that night, but. I think it just shows the competitive competitiveness and the, the competitive nature of this league this year that anyone can beat anybody. It is a cliche, um, but anyone really can beat anybody in this league. And um, yeah, it's 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 why I think this year is probably going to be one of the best years we ever have because the, the everybody to me can be can could could top that league or any one of those six teams could finish bottom. Um, I'm sure there'll be changes between now and the end of the season for certain teams as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting when we reach the end of September and who's in those playoff places, who's not, and you know who finishes top and gets the gets the the pick of well gets the fourth the right against the fourth place team and home match home advantage in the second leg, etc. It's going to be a going to be a fascinating year, I'm sure. Well, we can get the thoughts of the Wolverhampton team boss Peter Adams. He's been speaking to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM after that victory at Ollerton, but still not quite enough to take them through to the final of the League Cup. One and fallen short, it's a strange one. Yeah, it's very frustrating to go out of the competition on the strength of one race point, which effectively is what it is. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of the boys with the performance they, they gave. You know, they rode the hearts out, all of them. Um, Ryan Douglas clearly, you know, isn't and, and wasn't fit. Um, you know, and on point, Ryan Douglas, we would have won here, I think, comfortably. Uh, Drew Kemp, you know, shed a chain in uh, E2, leading by a mile. So there are a number of uh, areas where we can see where that, that point might have been dropped. But at the end of the day, it was a terrific performance and um, it was a good measure, I think, of just where we're at at the minute. Well, I mean, th- there is a lot of encouragement there, as you say. And the fact that even within just taking this meeting in isolation, you were half a dozen points down and up against it and and fought back really strongly in the closing heat. Yeah, as I said, you know, the boys were determined at the start and uh, although things seemed to be slipping halfway through, uh, you know, we got back into the match once we got on the right gates. Gate three was a graveyard virtually all night until the end. But um, no, I think there's, you know, a huge amount of positives to be taken from it and um, we wish Sheffield all the best in the final, of course. Wolves team manager Peter Adams there um, reflecting on uh, a victory against Sheffield but not quite enough to, to get them through to the final of the Premiership League Cup. As far as Kings Lynn are concerned, Alex, um, next for you, it's the Peterborough Panthers who are you expecting a bit of a wounded animal, a wounded cheater to the Adrian Flux Arena because obviously the start of the season has been a bit disappointing but you know that they've got strength in depth there and they're going to be wanting to put things right, aren't they soon? Yeah, I mean they're, they're good riders, and I'm sure they'll get it right when they um, when they all click together. They'll, they'll get it right. It's a it's a bit like us last year, really, where you know three or four performing on a night, and, and that was it. Where I think people are having a similar story so far. So there's so, too much experience in there for them not to not to get it right at some point. And Ben Basso at reserve is is well fantastic. He was brilliant when he came to Kings Lynn um, in the in the Premiership Cup earlier in the season. So I'm expecting a tough meeting. Um, I'm expecting it to to be you know nip and tuck throughout but as I've said elsewhere uh, previously in other meetings as well as long as we do our job um, and focus on ourselves then then we'll be absolutely fine and the target would be again sending them home with zero and, and us with three so yeah that was the uh, that's the game plan 
Coming up then in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Shining a light a little bit on the championship, we've got an exclusive interview with Jason Crump talking about life as a team manager at the Oxford Cheetahs. And we'll hear from Eric Riss. It's been a busy weekend for Redcar last weekend. They raced at Edinburgh home and away. We'll hear from Eric Riss in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan, joined by Alex Brady, the team manager at the Kingsland Stars. And uh, we're about to be joined by another team manager because Jason Crump swapped a prolific career on the track, multiple world champion, racing all over the world at the very highest level for the manager's office at Oxford Cheetahs earlier this year. Um, he's joint team manager alongside Peter Schroke, but obviously a very different discipline to what he's used to. And Ryan Guest caught up with Jason Crump to find out a little bit about how things are going for him so far and the differences between life on the track and life off it. With a programme in your hand, telling riders what to do and arguing with referees, all that kind of thing. Well, Jason Crump, obviously, uh, this season's a, a bit of a different one for you uh, after last season into the, a team management role at Oxford. How are you finding it early doors? Yeah, it's good fun. It's um, very different than riding. You kind of go through a lot of the same emotions and, you know, you walk the track before the meeting and come back to the pits and pick your programme up instead of getting changed. But it's enjoyable and keeps me a part of you know involved with speedway so i'm i'm pretty happy to be doing it at the moment yeah what are what are the key differences do you think between the the, the management and, and rider role apart from uh, not not getting over the bike obviously you know it's by the time it all happened i wasn't involved in the team building so um from that side of it i don't i can't really comment but like at the meetings it's you know you feel part of it and you kind of get it emotionally involved as well because you form relationships with the riders so um it, it is very enjoyable and of course sometimes a little difficult when you see a, a performance that you're not happy with um you know they can't kind of turn around to me and say yeah go and do it yourself i probably could sometimes i suppose but um but no, it's good. And, and like I said, the involvement's still there with Speedway, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, from the way I understand it as well, uh, Peter Schroek taking on the uh, tactical side of things, if you like. You're, you're perhaps more in a, a mentor-coach role as well, but nevertheless probably uh, picking up the rule book as, uh, as you go along as well. As a rider, you pretty well know the rule book. Decent. Um, obviously with the guests and, you know, rider replacements and all that sort of stuff, you figure that out. You know, oh, I can't have a ride this week and, and everybody else can, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Pete and I have been friends for probably 
probably close to 30 years, I would say. And, um, you know, to have him here as well is important for me because I've got to learn and understand and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, putting the teams in and declaring and everything, that's, that's all down to him. Is this a, a route you see yourself uh, you see yourself staying in for, for further down the line? Yeah, for sure. It's it's enjoyable, and Jamie and Kevin at Oxford are keen to move the speedway forward. They've got a lot of uh, good ideas that that aren't necessarily speedway ideas. Um, so yeah, I do actually. Yes. Yeah, and it's a, a great story with every, everything that's happened with the cheaters as well. It is a great story, you know, and the crowds that we've had so far this year have been great. Um, Team performances haven't quite been where we want them, um, but it's you know it's still we're not halfway through the season yet, so we've still got time to improve. And you know we've we've got a bunch of guys that get on pretty well. They're a good they're a good bunch. They're a bunch of professional guys. Um, just yet, we haven't had a meeting, one meeting actually, where everybody's clicked at their best. So I think if we can if we can get to Everybody at 90% on the same night will be a big step forward. And if we can hit that magical 100% performance from everybody, then I think we're a pretty decent team. Yeah, definitely. From uh, from your individual role once again, um, a few weeks ago we heard you live on Eurosport commentating with uh, Kelvin Tatum as well. I know you've done um, a few Grand Prix in, in previous years as well. Uh, again, is that something you'd perhaps like to do a, a little bit more of? Yeah, it's yeah, it's that's enjoyable as well. Obviously, you know, we all know what's happened with Nigel and and his, and this the sad loss um, Speedway suffered there. It's I think Eurosport are just fit, finding their feet a little at the moment, just trying to figure out how they're going to do it and keep it going. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I can um, be a little bit more involved with that. But I do have a day job, so it's you know, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, and just finally, from a different perspective, the, the Speedway Grand Prix, uh, some, some really entertaining opening rounds and uh, great to have Cardiff back on the calendar in, in August this year as well, uh, an occasion you always loved. Yeah, absolutely. Cardiff was like a home Grand Prix for me most of the time. So, yeah, I did love Cardiff and I'm looking forward to being there this year. Many thanks for speaking to us, Jason. Thanks. As we all are. Can't wait. It's, it's coming. It'll be here before you know it. Um, Jason Crump reflecting on life as a manager with Ryan Guest there. Um, our main guest in this episode is Alex Brady, team manager of the Kingsland Stars. We're talking at the start of this about um, Edinburgh's situation and um, Alex Harkis making it clear that the Edinburgh Monarchs are not going anywhere even though their track might be but we'll have to wait and see how that all pans out but great to have some old names coming back into the sport this year um, obviously with Oxford this year but there's talk about uh, what's going on at Northside and, and Workington as well and they may be on the way very soon so always great to get these new tracks back into the sport because we need more in the sport Oxford coming back is brilliant um, I mean Jack Thomas our rising star is, is loving life down there really enjoying himself um, and if Workington can come back and we can see some, some more tracks making a return, perhaps Bradford in the future um, and, and others, then it's, it's only good news. You know, it's, it's clear and obvious that the sport does need more teams um, to me, but it's got to be right. Um, and I understand this financial, you know, the financial involvement to, to, to bring a club back is, is massive. So fair play to Oxford for, for doing that. And I, I, I know I had good crowds to the initial meetings and I hope that continues for them because... Yeah, it really is one of those things, use it or lose it. And if, 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 um, if we aren't supported and the clubs aren't supported, then, um, then yeah, it's, 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 it's not going to pan out the way everyone wants it to pan out. But, yeah, fantastic news for them, fantastic news for the area. I've not been to the track personally yet, although I've planned to come across with Jack. 
um, and, and, and have a couple of uh, look at a couple of meetings over there with him. But I've heard good things about the whole setup and and the stadium. So uh, yeah, hopefully they can continue and it inspires some others to come back into the fold. Bit of a funny week last week for um, the Oxford Cheetahs because they raced Birmingham home and away and in the leg last Tuesday at Sandy Lane it ended Oxford 42, Birmingham 48, meaning Birmingham took three points on the road and then the rematch was 24 hours later at Perry Bar and um, once again the two met and once again it was the wayside that won with the Oxford Cheetahs taking the three away points. So we're on as even over the scheme of things uh, between the two sides. Another couple of sides who've met home and away over the last seven days are Edinburgh and Redcar. The first meeting was at Armadale last Friday. Finished Edinburgh 48, Redcar 41 with Eric Riss, the top scorer with 13 points, but Redcar coming away pointless ultimately. And then the second meeting between the two was on Sunday at the Echo Arena on Teesside, which was abandoned after 14 heats because of rain. Uh, there was a crash in uh, heat 15 and while they were sorting things out post that crash, the rain came down and uh, it all got abandoned. And the re- result stands. Edinburgh claimed a point in that because it finished uh, red car 45, Edinburgh 39. Once again, Eric Riss, the top scorer for the red car Bears, is having a great season so far. Ryan Nassau has been speaking with the German uh, after that fixture at the Echo Arena last Sunday. Yeah, good night. Um, track was quite difficult at the start. Um Track staff tried to make it a bit more grippy today, you know, it was quite slick last week when we lost. Um, so yeah, it was quite challenging in the beginning, I, you know, first race, my first race, I could hardly get around, bike setup, I had to adjust. I made changes after my first ride and then I was sweet, you know, and then, yeah, got three, well, one pay win and two wins. Seemed so, a lot of material on the track tonight. Yeah, it was very heavy, yeah, it was very heavy and you had to like, you could, we couldn't use our normal setups. Um, which um, was quite difficult because we had to adjust really quickly. Um, we couldn't afford to lose, you know. Um, and yeah, we won by six, so that's that's amazing. And on next week now, uh, UK meetings for you. We've got Red Cup Friday, Newcastle Sunday. Yeah. So we've got to be targeting four points at Newcastle, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're not they're not the strongest team on paper in the league. Um, obviously, it depends which guest they get at number one. Um, but yeah. Definitely need to go there, trying to get four points. And then a bit of a different meeting next week. It's knockout cup first leg, so it's about trying to build as much lead as possible. Yeah. But first of all, we've got to beat Berwick. Yeah, definitely. Um, get as many points ahead as we can. As Eric Riss, who's had such a terrific season this year. I know last year wasn't uh, his greatest, but this year certainly seems to be going well in, in the championship. And um, for the Ipswich Witches in the Premiership, he's certainly at least achieving and an, if not bettering his average. Alex Brady is our guest, the Kingsland team manager. Um, Eric was part of the Kingsland side last year and a rider that you know very well. Yes, Eric rode for us last season um, and did a did a, a job for us. And at the end of last year, we, we sort of shook hands together. At the, we went to the Torrent Grand Prix together, shook hands and, and felt it was better for him to to maybe go somewhere else and have a fresh approach. Um, so he's gone to Ipswich for this season. He's doing well, um, doing well there. And I, I wish him all the best. So um, Louis, obviously riding for Redcar, did very uh, did well at, um, on the Friday. Not, uh, he didn't have his best night on the Saturday, or Sunday afternoon, should I say. Um, but I'm sure he's someone I know that will get it right. Um, and then Josh, obviously for Edinburgh as well. So it's I watch these meetings with um, half an eye on half an eye on making sure they make the four laps and get home again safely, but also to make sure they they keep their confidence rolling for for what they're doing because 
you know, that's the nature of nature of British Speedway. They're in, in different leagues and obviously different countries. Some of them is Josh racing in, in, in Poland too. So, yeah, they, you know, it, it was, uh, from what I gathered from both of them, it was a couple of interesting meetings. The track was a little bit different for Red Car on the Sunday than what they're used to, uh, which I think was a bit of a leveller. Um, and obviously Josh went out and broke the, well, Sam Masters broke the track record and, and Josh re-broke it. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think from what I gather, good, good, good weekend racing, and um, yeah, it, it was well for both of them to to get a win, sets the championship table up nicely as well because there's some there's some front runners in that league and there's some they're a little bit way behind. But again, I think it's going to be like the Premiership. There's sort of the top six there is is going to be really competitive and interesting to see how that one pans out down there as well. Yeah, Josh Pickering, the man to beat around the Echo Arena in red car right now, fifty two point eight, the new track record. Um, it was reset at the start of the season because of some track work, which is why it's been broken a couple of times. Uh, well, a couple of times in a meeting <laughs> last weekend, but over the course of the season, it's obviously been broken a few times. But maybe Josh Pickering is the man to beat. We'll find out in good time. On the subject of the Championship League table, it's starting to settle down a bit now. Leicester have ridden um, quite a lot of uh, meetings, uh, 10 meetings so far. So they're top of the table at the moment, and everybody else is on eight or nine but of the sides on eight you've got pool pirates on eight meetings with 19 points you've got glasgow tigers on eight eight meetings with 20 points two of the sides you'd expect to be up there and then you've got the plymouth gladiators eight meetings ridden 19 points level on meetings and points with the pool pirates the plymouth gladiators got to be happy with that and maybe they are going to be springing a bit of a surprise in the championship this season because their home form around the coliseum has been absolutely incredible and they've beaten all the big hitters so far glasgow have got to visit there yet but they've dispatched red car they've dispatched the pool pirates and certainly seem to be on a roll Definitely, yeah. I mean, Ben Barker's found some fantastic form at, at the Coliseum there, um, and Ben was with us at Kingsley last season. He's a, he's a really great guy, and he uh, he loves his racing. He's really found that enthusiasm again, and I think it's paying dividends for them. Um, the Coliseum, I've personally not been. Uh, I plan to go late in the season, um, and I know it's uh, it's, it's a different, unique track compared to lots. So I expect the home form to be good and. I think to be honest, in, in well, in both leagues, if your home form is good um, and you can win the vast majority of your home meetings and, and pick up a few on the road, um, then then you'll be in those playoffs. And yeah, they might have been a surprise pick for a few people, but I think they'll go well this year. It's an interesting track, and we visited there um, a couple of weeks ago, and. Michael Palm Toft compares it to to Peterborough, and he said it was very much like Peterborough, but smaller, and and meaning the the dimensions in terms of the the proportions, I suppose, the bends and the straights are all proportionate, and it means that the whilst it is a small track, you can you can still race relatively quickly around it on a speedway bike. Yeah, I've, I've tuned into a couple of their streams, um, to be honest, and uh, it, it does it, it does produce good racing, um, which is which is perhaps surprised on the face of it given the size of the track but it's um it's a, it's a really cool place and they're well supported as well uh, the crowds from what i gather are, are very good and yeah can only be good news that you know these 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 sorts of clubs that have you know got uh, were here a few years ago went away and come back again it's it can only be good news that they're, they're well supported and most people like to support a winning team and obviously if they can keep doing that at home then hopefully that will that will, as i say take them take them quite a way through to the season this year I have to say, and at least so far, uh, on my travels around the various Speedway stadia, that the Coliseum is the only Speedway track I've visited that's got a full Polish sausage barbecue on the first and second turn. So uh, they've got that. That is the thing to beat, ladies and gentlemen. 
Sounds all right. Smells all right as well, I can vouch. Uh, looking at the fixtures then, coming up this week in British Speedway and beyond, Birmingham Brummies versus the Pool Pirates on Wednesday at Perry Bar. We know the strength that Pool are going to bring, but you can't write off the Birmingham Brummies and maybe a surprise there because Perry Bar can be a bit of a tricky track sometimes. I mean, obviously keen eye on that one with Richard Lawson racing for Pool um, and, and just see how he goes. And they've got one heck of a top three um, for that league and obviously well backed up by the, by the Cook brothers and down at reserve too. So they'll be, they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, Birmingham, as you say, is a, is a track that some people some people go well there, others, others don't. And I think the signing of, of Justin Sedgman actually could prove to be a bit of a shrewd one, to be honest. Um, he started very, very well last week and he, he's got a real point to prove. So I think that's going to be probably closer than what people might, might expect. Moving to Thursday, we've got a couple of Premiership fixtures, not including the uh, the Kingsland Stars this time round, who have a, a break until Monday. But it's the Ipswich Witches versus the Wolverhampton Wolves. I've got to say, I think well, we said that the whole of the Premiership is, is, is fairly well balanced, but these two sides have got equal strength in depth, I think. And um, particularly for Wolves, you know, Sam Masters, his averages lately, you know, he is one of the form riders. And I think, as we saw with Wolves against Sheffield, springing a surprise, can they do it again against Ipswich? Yeah, Sam's excellent. Um, when he came to Louis Kerr's testimonial um, uh, just before the season began, second meeting of the year, he was he was fantastic. And uh, yeah, he won he won that and he won it, made it look pretty easy as well. And he's, he's a brilliant rider. And I think with the Ipswich Wolverhampton meeting, it's, it's again, it's one of those that could easily go either way. I could see, you know, without sitting on the fence, ten points either side. You know, I could see Ipswich winning it 50-40 or, or vice versa. Um, I know Wolves would be keen to, to get some revenge after losing at home to them a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I'd be again keeping a keen eye on that one to, to see how it goes. And yeah, I've, I don't believe I believe Eric Riss will be missing um, due to sort of long track commitments. Um, so I think they're running RR for him that evening. Which uh, probably is, probably makes him slightly weaker, but you know Jason Doyle at number one is, is is a fantastic rider, and the the clashes between him and uh, Sam will be uh, I'm sure be well worth the money alone. The other fixture on Thursday is at Ollerton Stadium, where the Sheffield Tigers host the Bellevue Aces, one of the classic fixtures, Yorkshire-Lancashire rivalry. We've got Grand Prix stars involved, and uh, the stage firmly set there. That's going to be a big one in South Yorkshire. Yeah, it's going to be um, going to be an interesting one for sure. And uh, I mean, if I was in the country, I would actually have probably gone to that to be honest and driven up. But I'm flying out early doors to to Prague for the for the Grand Prix for the weekend. So unfortunately, I miss it. But that's that's got potential to be a real classic. And uh, given the rivalry and the history between those two, uh, I'm sure the the crowd won't be disappointed after that one. And again, it's a really difficult one to call because you know I wouldn't have expected Sheffield to have lost last week. Um, I would have called it a you know, fairly routine Sheffield win, but. If Matty Zagar is fit and, um, and firing all cylinders, then Bellevue could run them really, really close and, and, and maybe even get something more than that. So it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting interesting night of speedway and watching those updates come through. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't like to call either either meeting either way to be honest at the moment. Looking to Friday in British Speedway, we've got uh, in the Championship Edinburgh Monarchs versus the Birmingham Brummies. That fixture will be live on the British Speedway Network on Friday night. Um, also on Friday in the Championship, we've got Knockout Cup action in the Championship. The Red Car Bears versus the Berwick Bandits and the Scunthorpe Scorpions versus the Leicester Lions. And uh, in the National Development League, we've got the Bellevue Aces versus Armadale. And then also on Friday, it's the first 
of the GP2s, SGP2, the World Under-21 Championship, uh, which will be in Prague. And then on Saturday, we've got the main event, the Speedway Grand Prix in Prague, the Czech Grand Prix, back at the Marquetta Stadium. And uh, Alex Brady, you will be there. I'm really looking forward to the SGP2 on, on Friday night just to see you know, the quality of these, these youngsters out there. It's a shame there's no British riders within it. Um, but um, it's obviously a story for another day. So, um, but if um, with the Grand Prix, it's going to be who can gate the best um, is going to be crucial. But as we saw a couple of years ago, Bartosz Schmarzlik, um, sort of long tracking down those straights, sitting on his, on his back mudguard almost, is, uh, he, he can find anything that works around there, so, around anywhere. So it's going um, to be a good weekend of racing. Yeah, and, and great that we've got so many British riders involved in this series now that, that fans can latch onto and, and cheer on. But I'm guessing that whilst you're going to be cheering on all the Brits, maybe Robert Lambert is the one that you're keeping a, a close eye on from a, from a Kings Lynn perspective. Well, I get on well with, with Robert, I get on well with Ty and also Dan too. So it's difficult. I mean, I'd love to see a British 1-2-3 podium, but for the Kings Lynn perspective, yeah, of course it'd be, it'd be great to see Robert win it. Um, and uh, yeah, but... Um, you know, I'm really hoping that he can turn his, you know, obviously he's dis- unlucky in Warsaw to get eight and not make the uh, the semi-finals. Croatia, um, just chasing set up a little bit, perhaps it didn't quite work for him. Um, and I, I know, you know, Ty's too good to to be, um, you know, not making these finals as well. So, and Dan, I think he's learned a lot very very quickly. So it's it's I'm I'm I'd, I'd love to see a British one two three. Um, but yeah, the Robert Robert win it would be a nice nice sweet one for sure. Well, away from the Speedway Grand Prix in Prague, there is action in Great Britain with the Berwick Bandits hosting the Glasgow Tigers at Shieldfield Park in the Championship at 7 o'clock. And uh, we've got the second leg of the Championship Knockout Cup tie between the Leicester Lions and the Scunthorpe Scorpions. And that fixture will be live-streamed on the British Speedway Network on Saturday night. 7 o'clock tapes up, 6.30 the show will start. And we've got British Youth Championship action taking place at Edinburgh as well on uh, Saturday. Looking ahead to Sunday, we've got a North East derby. It's the Tyne Tees derby, Newcastle versus Redcar in the Championship at four o'clock at Bruff Park and there's more British Youth Championship action taking place at Glasgow on Sunday as well from two o'clock and then looking ahead to Monday back in the Premiership and at the Adrian Flux Arena the Kingsland Stars versus the Peterborough Panthers and the Wolverhampton Wolves versus the Sheffield Tigers both getting underway at 7.30 and on Tuesday just a one fixture uh, rounding off May with uh, the Plymouth Gladiators versus the Edinburgh Monarchs 7 o'clock at the Coliseum and then after that it'll be June and we'll be back on the 1st of June with the next episode of No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast My thanks to our guest, Alex Brady, team manager at the Kingsland Stars. Thanks for joining us, Alex, and uh, all the best for whatever the season brings over the coming weeks and months. I'm sure we'll speak before the season's done and we'll certainly hear you uh, on this podcast one way or another, I'm sure. But um, all the best for all the challenges, the cup final and and whatever else may lay in your way. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, it's um, going to be a fantastic few months ahead and... We're really lucky at Kings Inn that we've been very, very well supported by the crowd and uh, I hope we can pull a few more in as well and get behind get behind this team because you've got an exciting one to, to watch and, and, and they're winning too. So what more could you want? Well, thanks, Alex. Enjoy Prague, enjoy the Grand Prix and uh, enjoy your fixtures coming up in British Speedway next week. Appreciate it and thank you for your time. 
And of course, thanks to you for listening as well. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week. Don't forget to follow us on our social media pages if you haven't already. Uh, just look out for British Speedway on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Not only will you get the results and reaction from the various meetings that happen, but if there's any last minute changes like rain offs or what have you, then they'll get shared on there as well. So make sure you're following us on there. And make sure you follow this podcast on whichever podcast app you choose to listen on because uh, whenever a new episode is ready, you'll get it automatically downloaded. You won't have to go searching for it. So follow us on there to uh, not miss any of the future episodes coming your way every Wednesday through the Speedway season. Have a great week wherever you're watching your Speedway, whether that's live in person or on one of the live streams, and we'll be back to discuss it next Wednesday here on No Breaks, No Fear. Have a great week. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.